This is Peter Rosenberger, and one of the reasons I wrote my new book, A Minute for Caregivers, is because I remember the sinking, despairing feeling of struggling as a caregiver. No one knew what to say to me. I didn't understand, and others didn't understand me. For decades, I foraged along and tried to find my path through this medical nightmare that Gracie and I have endured for nearly 40 years. And I've learned to speak the language of caregivers. I speak fluent caregiver. No pastor, no counselor, no medical provider, no friend should ever throw their hands up and say, I don't know what to say to that caregiver. Because I do. Give them a copy of this book. It's called A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day Feels Like Monday. They're easy to read, one-minute chapters that speak directly to the heart of a caregiver, and you can get them wherever books are sold. A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day feels like Monday. Friends don't let friends caregive alone. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. Glad to have you with us. Hopeforthecaregiver.com. I am joined by a wonderful friend of this program and of mine and a fellow South Carolinian, Mary Tuttero, and she is joining us from way down in the low country of South Carolina. Uh, she is the author of The Heart of a Caregiver, and also that is her website, theheartofthecaregiver.com. Longtime caregiver for over 30 years now for her daughter, Mary Addison, with special needs. Mary is a, not only a prolific author, but she has um, a great outreach to fellow caregivers, uh, including me. I really enjoy listening to what she has to say. And thank you for being back on the program with me, Mary. I appreciate you being here. Last time we tried to connect and we had some difficulties here. I am way out in the hinterlands of Montana, and I was able to connect, but you weren't able to there in the chic urban setting that you live in. I won't mention your internet provider, Comcast, but I, uh, no. <laughs> but I, uh, I'm glad to have you with us today. Tell me how you're doing. We're doing great. It's a rainy day in the low country, and whenever that happens, who knows what's going to happen to technology. We hadn't figured it out down here, Peter, you're right. <laughs> I mean, if a bird flies over North Dakota, my internet goes out. So I don't know. Well, we we have an unobstructed view of the sky out here, and it's a big sky in Montana. So we have a, a at night you could actually see the satellite. I'm on Starlink, and so I can look up and just wave to Elon Musk. And uh, no, <laughs> we're, seriously, you you no. can see the satellite. No. No, you can see some satellites. I don't know if it's the satellite, but you can see some. I have a night. big sky out there. Uh, it is. It is indeed. And uh, uh, it is on a cold night, which of late we've had some very cold nights. The sky is particularly clear. And so my my niece works for NASA. And she gives us a lot of lowdowns on all things going on in the cosmos. And I'm always thrilled to hear what she has to say. And um, she goes to a, a church where half the folks there are NASA engineers. Uh, you know, wow. she said, I mean, it's just like so many people there working at NASA and it's fascinating to listen to them talk about the word of God uh, in the context of the heavens declare the glory of God and so forth. And I, I just, she, she's a fascinating person to talk to and, and very, a lot smarter than I am. Uh, She's a, she's a, she grew up South Carolina. She's up there, the upstate uh, where I'm from. And, uh, but, but she is um, astrophysicist and I love to listen to her describe 
the the heavens declaring the glory of God. It's just it's wonderful to hear that from an astrophysicist. And so Absolutely. anyway, what I, does an astrophysicist do, Peter? I don't know. I I, I graduated. Thank you, Lottie, from high school. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. How come so lousy? Uh, you know, but it's um, uh, she's she's a wonderful guy. I digress though, and I'm glad to have you with us. Sorry, it's a rainy day there, and the local, but it's always beautiful where you are. That is oh, yeah. one of the most beautiful areas of the country, and I, I'm thrilled to have you here. Tell me what's going on in your life, and then we're going to get into some things that you want to talk about today. So I have got myself a nice, big, fancy hot spot so that I don't have to rely on <clears throat> Comcast. And, um, <laughs> Comcast. <laughs> and I'm connected to my hot spot thinking there'd be no flaws, but anyway. But that's all right. Well, tell me how you're doing and what's going on in your life. Well, we're doing great. Um, life is good in the sunny South. It's 70 degrees, but just raining. And Mary Addison's been a little under the weather, but that's what we do. And she's uh, she's still the bright spot in our life. And uh, we've started master classes online. And uh, we've got a couple of those going to master classes are where I actually lead the small groups online. And I love it, love it, love it. It's such a gift to me. Just like I enjoy talking to you. It's such a gift to connect to other people who get it. What goes on in those classes? Well, we go through the workbooks chapter by chapter and just discuss each chapter. But I think the thing that happens the most is people breathe a deep sigh of relief going, oh, I'm not the only one that feels that way. People express a lot of really hard emotions about caregiving and how they feel. And these are people, you know, Peter, you and I talk about there's those who've only been doing it for, you know, a year or so, but then I get a lot of folks in my groups who've been doing it 10, 15, 20 years, and um, they just need a leg up again. Well, I have extras. <laughs> That's just, that's just wrong. That's wrong. That's just wrong right there. Uh, I buy, I buy eggs from a local farmer rancher down the road here. And uh, you go in and you, um, you put your money in a jar and you get however many eggs you need. She's got goat milk, cow milk, everything else. But the price of eggs were going up. And I told her, I said, if it costs an arm and a leg, will you take two legs? And uh, (laughs) that's just wrong, Mary. That's wrong. It is. Uh, but it's your life. It is my life. Well, do you do you it. find one of the things I find when I talk to caregivers is that they are relieved to hear things in their own language, because I yeah. really believe that caregivers we we know the words that everybody's saying to us, but it doesn't really penetrate down to our heart. That is the whole focus of what you do. Is that what you see? Do you see eyes widen when you're doing these small groups, and they're they're like, oh. You understand me. You you can hear, you understand the words I'm saying, right? And they understand you kind of thing. And it's a super aha, but even more exciting, Peter, is when they hear the word of God fall afresh on them in a new way. And they have a huge God aha. Because, you know, I, I, I think that's the other thing is people have had faith, but they're in the trenches and they are looking for... Uh, results. They're looking for the reality of God's promises in their life. They're clinging to that. And when you clear away the cobwebs and help them see things that they hadn't seen before or help them understand a whole new way to look at things, 
it's it's just incredible. And when one gets it, they all get it. That's the other thing. It's so great to do it in a group with other people. What's the biggest, I don't want to say stumbling block, what's the biggest topic that you find yourself addressing and readdressing? What if there's is there something that comes back to you that that you circle back to a lot of this group of what Absolutely. the common struggle? Absolutely. And that is when you are taking care of someone who is suffering or struggling, uh, it triggers all the work that you need to do. <laughs> because it's like if somebody else is having a problem, but suddenly you're the hot mess, it's triggering something that you haven't done the work on. And so we, we work on that a whole lot. And the whole image of there's this voice that we've been listening to our whole lives. It's the father of lies. It's our ego. It's our flesh. And like in Romans 8, 6, if you listen to this, it's heading for death. But if you listen for this, which is the spirit of God, and you let it tell that to be quiet. All right. So for those of you that. listening on the podcast on radio, Mary's using hand signals. At first, oh, yeah, I thought she she was she was waving somebody into third base. I didn't know what was going on there, but she's holding her head above her. So you're listening to one voice over here, but you when you hear the voice straight down, that's when it's your heart gets settled. So I just sorry about that, Mary. I had to translate for the visually un, unengaged Thank here. Forgetting they can't see what we see. But I mean, that's a huge aha. And when people realize that what's making them so upset with their life in taking care of for a loved one. It's one thing to tell them it's the very calling of Jesus. You've been chosen, you're equipped. This is what Jesus did, blah, blah, blah. But when you explain to them why they get ripped out of the frame so easily, why they get irritated, why they feel inadequate, you know, then suddenly they realize I have a choice. I don't, you know, that's what the peaceful caregiver was all about. God worked with me on peace for two years about are you going to be able to do this without exploding and being irritated and having patience and not throwing a pity party, you know, only once a month? How about never? How about, how about learn to see this um, as it's just bringing up the worst in you so that you can get the worst of you out. And people really start having an aha moment when they realize that's what's going on. It's not Mary Addison that's doing it. It's my unfinished business that I haven't worked out. Well, I agree. And I, I, I share that same belief system. I, I have often said that if you have cracks, which we all do, caregiving is only going to amplify those things. And, and it's going to expose rapidly things that may have normally taken a lifetime to unpack. But in the crucible of caregiving, the pressure so intense, things just erupt out. Well and and I am um, uh, my new book comes out in the spring, but then I'm gonna start on my next book, which is called Cringe: My Life as a Caregiver, because I just cringe over everything. I mean, I, I look and I think, oh, you know, and and then and somebody said this the other day, um, and, and I'm glad that you've got all this stuff going on here because. You know, it make it, I feel a little bit better about it because your your pace is this, about the same as mine. And they were and and I remember talking to a uh, an agent, and he said, "Well, you need to be writing a book every year." And I'm thinking, 
you show me somebody who's writing a book every year for caregivers. And I'll show you somebody who's not caregiving. That's right. You know, because you and I, we write about the same pace. You know, <laughs> and 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 that's okay because it takes. I, I was telling this on my program the other day, and you, as a low country South Carolinian, would appreciate this. I cook almost exclusively with iron. I love my my iron pans. Right. And iron has to season. You can't put that in the dishwasher. You don't wash it. You you there's the way you deal with iron and it's seasoned. It takes time to really get that great iron skillet that makes great fried chicken. I made some iron skillet fried chicken the other day. I had no complaints from my wife. Yeah, I did. Uh, and, and, but you don't, you, it takes a while for an iron skillet to do that. Well, it takes a while for a caregiver to do that too. I mean, it just, these are seasoning things that it takes. Well, and you know, it takes the whole second part of the peaceful caregiver is it's one thing to have these aha moments, but if you don't put them into practice, if you don't put these ahas into practice and say, well, it doesn't make sense, but this is what your word said and I'm going to give it a go and actually do it. That's the other part that like with the seasoning, I mean, then it, it's just words. Well, that's what I love about the small groups. And I think that's where you have, you do such a great service to your group that comes in there because you're you're keeping that top of mind awareness with them. And you keep talking about that. And I, I want to unpack that a little bit more, particularly in your five steps on the path to peace. This is Peter Rosenberg. We're talking with Mary, Tuttero down in the low country of South Carolina, where I am from South Carolina. So I like to say low country. And she is the uh, the author of the heart of the caregiver, the heart of the caregiver.com. This is Peter Rosenberger. We'll be right back. Welcome back to hope for the caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. Glad to have you with us. Hope for the caregiver.com. I am joined by a wonderful friend of this program and of mine and a fellow South Carolinian, Mary Tuttero. And she is Joining us from way down in the low country of South Carolina, uh, she is the author of The Heart of a Caregiver, and also that is her website, theheartofthecaregiver.com. Longtime caregiver for over 30 years now for her daughter, Mary Addison, with special needs. Mary is a, not only a prolific author, but she has um, a great outreach to fellow caregivers, uh, including me. I really enjoy listening to what she has to say. And... Thank you for being back on the program with me, Mary. I appreciate you being here. Last time we tried to connect and we had some difficulties here. I am way out in the hinterlands of Montana and I was able to connect, but you weren't able to there in the chic urban setting that you live in. I won't mention your internet provider, Comcast, but I, uh, no, <laughs> but I, uh, I'm glad to have you with us today. Tell me how you're doing. We're doing great. It's a rainy day in the low country. And whenever that happens, who knows what's going to happen to technology? We hadn't figured it out down here, Peter. You're right. <laughs> I mean, if a bird flies over North Dakota, my internet goes out. So I don't know. Well, we, we have an unobstructed view of the sky out here and it's a big sky in Montana. So we have a, a at night, you could actually see the satellite. I'm on Starlink, and so I can look up and just wave to Elon Musk. And uh, no, seriously, you you no. can see the satellite. No, no, you can see some satellites. I don't know if it's the satellite, but you can see some. I know it's night. big sky out there. Uh, it is. It is indeed, and uh, uh, it is on a cold night. Which of late we've had some very cold nights. The sky is particularly clear, and so 
my my niece works for NASA and she gives us a lot of lowdowns on all things going on in the cosmos and I've always thrilled to hear what she has to say and um she goes to a, a church where half the folks there are NASA engineers uh you know wow. she said I mean it's just like so many people there working at NASA and it's fascinating to listen to them talk about the word of God uh in the context of the heavens declare the glory of God and so forth. And I, I just, she, she's a fascinating person to talk to and, and very, a lot smarter than I am. Uh, she's a, she's a, she grew up in South Carolina. She's up there, the upstate uh, where I'm from. And, uh, but, but she is um, astrophysicist and I love to listen to her describe the, the heavens declaring the glory of God. It's just, it's wonderful to hear that from an astrophysicist. And so, Absolutely. anyway, what I, does an astrophysicist do, Peter? I don't know. I I, I graduated. Thank you, Lottie, from high school. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. How come so lousy? Uh, you know, but it's um, uh, she's she's a wonderful guy. I digress though, and I'm glad to have you with us. Sorry, it's a rainy day there, and the local, but it's always beautiful where you are. Well, that is yeah. one of the most beautiful areas of the country, and I I'm thrilled to have you here. Tell me what's going on in your life, and then we're going to get into some things that you want to talk about today. So I have got myself a nice, big, fancy hotspot so that I don't have to rely on <coughs> Comcast. And, um, <coughs> Comcast. <laughs> and I'm connected to my hotspot thinking there'd be no flaws, but anyway. But that's all right. Well, tell me how you're doing and what's going on in your life. Well, we're doing great. Um, life is good. In the sunny south, it's 70 degrees, but just raining. And Mary Addison's been a little under the weather, but that's what we do. And she's uh, she's still the bright spot in our life. And uh, we've started master classes online. And uh, we've got a couple of those going to master classes where I actually lead the small groups online. And I love it, love it, love it. It's such a gift to me. Just like I enjoy talking to you. It's such a gift to connect to other people who get it. What goes on in those classes? Well, we go through the workbooks chapter by chapter and just discuss each chapter. But I think the thing that happens the most is people breathe a deep sigh of relief going, oh, I'm not the only one that feels that way. People express a lot of really hard emotions about caregiving and how they feel. And these are people, you know, Peter, you and I talk about there's those who've only been doing it for, you know, a year or so, but then I get a lot of folks in my groups who've been doing it 10, 15, 20 years, and um, they just need a leg up again. Well, I have extras. <laughs> That's just, that's just wrong. Oh, that's, that's wrong. Bad. That's just that wrong bad. right there. Uh, I buy, I buy eggs from a local farmer rancher down the road here. And uh, you go in and you, um, you put your money in a jar and you get however many eggs you need. She's got goat milk, cow milk, everything else. But the price of eggs were going up. And I told her, I said, if it costs an arm and a leg, will you take two legs? And uh, <laughs> that's just wrong, Mary. That's wrong. It is. Uh, but it's your life. It is my life. Well, do you do you find one of the things I find when I talk to caregivers is that they are relieved to hear things in their own language, because I yeah. really believe that caregivers we we know the words that everybody's saying to us, but it doesn't really penetrate down to our heart. That is the whole focus of what you do. Is that what you see? Do you see eyes widen when you're doing these 
small groups and they're, they're like, Oh, you understand me. You, you can hear, you understand the words I'm saying, right. And they understand you kind of thing. And it's a super aha, but even more exciting, Peter, is when they hear the word of God fall afresh on them in a new way. And they have a huge God aha, because, you know, I, I, I think that's the other thing is people have had faith, but they're in the trenches and they are looking for results. They're looking for the reality of God's promises in their life. They're clinging to that. And when you clear away the cobwebs and help them see things that they hadn't seen before or help them understand a whole new way to look at things, it's, it's just incredible. And when one gets it, they all get it. That's the other thing. It's so great to do it in a group with other people. What's the biggest, I don't want to say stumbling block, what's the biggest topic that you find yourself addressing and readdressing? What, if there's, is there something that comes back to you that, that you circle back to a lot of this group of what Absolutely. the common struggle? Absolutely. And that is when you are taking care of someone who is suffering or struggling, uh, it triggers all the work that you need to do <laughs> because it's like, if somebody else is having a problem, but suddenly you're the hot mess, it's triggering something that you haven't done the work on. And so we, we work on that a whole lot. And the whole image of there's this voice that we've been listening to our whole lives. It's the father of lies. It's our ego. It's our flesh. And like in Romans 8, 6, if you listen to this, it's heading for death. But if you listen for this, which is the spirit of God, and you let it tell that to be quiet. All right. So for those of you that. listening on the podcast on radio, Mary's using hand signals. At first, oh, yeah, I thought she, she, was, she was waving somebody into third base. I didn't know what was going on there, but she's holding her head above her. So you're listening to one voice over here, but you're, when you hear the voice straight down, that's when it's your heart gets settled. So I just, sorry about that, Mary. I had to translate for the visually un, unengaged here. Forgetting they can't see what we see, but I mean, that's a huge aha. And when people realize that what's making them so upset with their life in taking care of for a loved one, it's one thing to tell them it's the very calling of Jesus. You've been chosen, you're equipped. This is what Jesus did, blah, blah, blah. But when you explain to them why they get ripped out of the frame so easily, why they get irritated, why they feel inadequate, you know, then suddenly they realize I have a choice. I don't, you know, that's what the peaceful caregiver was all about. God worked with me on peace for two years about, are you going to be able to do this without exploding and being irritated and having patience and, not throwing a pity party, you know, only once a month. How about never? How about, how about learn to see this um, as it's just bringing up the worst in you so that you can get the worst of you out. And people really start having an aha moment when they realize that's what's going on. It's not Mary Addison that's doing it. It's my unfinished business that I haven't worked out. Well, I agree. And I, I, I share that same belief system. I, I've often said that if you have cracks, which we all do, caregiving is only going to amplify those things. And, 
and it's going to expose rapidly things that may have normally taken a lifetime to unpack. But in the crucible of caregiving, the pressure so intense, things just erupt out. Well said. And and I am um uh my new book comes out in the spring, but then I'm gonna start on my next book, which is called Cringe my life as a caregiver, because I just cringe over everything. I mean, I, I look and I think, oh, you know, and and then and somebody said this the other day, um, and, and I'm glad that you've got all this stuff going on here because, you know, it make it, I, I feel a little bit better about it because your, your pace is this, about the same as mine. And they were, and, and I remember talking to a, uh, an agent and he said, well, you need to be writing a book every year. And I'm thinking, you show me somebody's writing a book every year for caregivers. And I'll show you somebody who's not caregiving. That's right. You know, because you and I, we write about the same pace. You know, <laughs> and 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 that's okay because it takes. I, I was telling this on my program the other day, and you, as a low country South Carolinian, would appreciate this. I cook almost exclusively with iron. I love my my iron pans. Right. And. Iron has to season. You can't put that in the dishwasher. You don't wash it. You, you, there's the way you deal with iron and it's seasoned. It takes time to really get that great iron skillet that makes great fried chicken. I made some iron skillet fried chicken the other day. I had no complaints from my wife. Yeah. I did. Uh, and, and, but you don't, you, it takes a while for an iron skillet to do that. Well, it takes a while for a caregiver to do that too. I mean, it just, these are seasoning things that it takes. Well, and, you know, it takes, the whole second part of the peaceful caregiver is it's one thing to have these aha moments, but if you don't put them into practice, if you don't put these ahas into practice and say, well, it doesn't make sense, but this is what your word said and I'm going to give it a go and actually do it. That's the other part that like with the seasoning, I mean, then it, it's just words. Well, that's what I love about the small groups. And I think that's where you have, you do such a great service to your, group that comes in there because you're, you're keeping that top of mind awareness with them. And you keep talking about that. And I, I want to unpack that a little bit more, particularly in your five steps on the path to peace. This is Peter Rosenberg. We're talking with Mary Tuttero down in the low country of South oh, Carolina, oh. where I am from South Carolina. So I like to say low country. And she is the, uh, the author of the heart of the caregiver, the heart of the caregiver.com. This is Peter Rosenberger. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger, HopeForTheCaregiver.com. We're talking with Mary Tuttero down in the low country of South Carolina, where I am from that state, but I'm from the upstate of South Carolina. I think that most people just look at it. If you're from South Carolina, they don't really care what part of the state you're from. You're from South Carolina. And uh, I'm Carolina born, Carolina bred. When I die, I'll be Carolina dead. <laughs> you ever heard that, Mary? <laughs> I that was actually that. the battle cry for Newberry College. Uh, I just let you know that. Uh, Mary Tuttero, the heart of the caregiver.com. We're talking about the path to peace, learning to be peaceful while you're in the middle of this thing. You don't have to have everything all worked out. Uh, everything in scripture says that we're not going to have everything settled. Paul learned this from prison after being beaten. He and Paul and uh, Paul and Silas were, were um, singing around midnight. It says in acts. Uh, after being beaten and they were in stocks that they were in the middle of the prison. So they were in prison, in prison, in prison at times three, and they were singing hymns around midnight. I don't know how many of us as caregivers sing hymns around midnight. Mary, do you sing hymns around midnight? Yes. I'm up <laughs> wandering the house. Mary Addison doesn't sleep. 
what else am I going to do? Social media? Reruns of yeah. Matlock. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I won't do it. Sometimes I do, but I'm not, I, I'm a morning person now and, uh, and Gracie is not, but I am. Um, and, and so I don't do real well at night and I'm looking at her and said, okay, look, babe, I'm, I'm done for the night because I'll have more done by, you know, nine 30 in the morning than most people get done all day. <laughs> and, and by six and my pastor out here, he, they made me a deacon at this church out here where Aww. I go. And, and I, and I told him, I said, I, I was convinced I would never serve as a deacon at a church that would have me as a deacon. And, and so they, they, but he has these meetings that go on at night and, and he walk and I walk into these meetings and this, you know, six 30 at night and I'm bleary eyed. And he said, it's six 30. I said, my day starts different than yours. And my day is different. So can we have these meetings at like, you know, eight o'clock and, uh, but I don't think they will in the morning, but well, I'm, a I, person. I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm not a guy that sings a lot of hymns at midnight. And yet scripture well, says we can. Well, you know, um, it's when he, it's, it's when he speaks the most loudly to me at night. Yeah. Like, well, the wee hours of the morning, I'm the person with the cell phone flashlight on running to find my pad and pen that I should have learned long time ago to just keep by the bed, but I don't want to wake up when, but I go running to my corner in the dark and just start writing like crazy. If I go running to the corner in the dark at night, I'm going to be hitting furniture and uh, speaking in languages I didn't know I could. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so I, uh, I always wear shoes, by the way. Always. I never go barefoot because of Die Hard. It, it ruined me for barefoot because that scene when he, has to, when he has to run across all the broken glass and he's barefoot, <laughs> that ruined me from going barefoot because no. I am... I have stumbled into furniture in the middle of the night barefoot and I won't do that again. So yeah, always hurts. wear shoes. Well, Very I, hard. and I appreciate that. I mean, you know, that Gracie is a night person. She just, you know, she's up all out, but most of that because she struggles to be able to get to sleep. Um, but it's, uh, um, the, it's the quietness is where he gets our attention. And that's when it's yes. quiet. Usually it's night in the morning times out here. It's quiet for me. And uh, I watch the sunrise, have a cup of coffee and chew on these things. And, and I want to, I want to leave, I want to throw this out to you. And then I want you to take this out. I think that there's this um, pressure we put on ourselves or we've had, again, these voices put on us, you know, about doing your Bible study and you doing your day. And I, one guy said, you know, I'm reading a chapter a day or doing this, this. And I want to suggest to my fellow caregivers and myself we don't have to put these um, chapters and number requirements on ourselves. Sometimes we can just chew on a verse all day long. Just there's some things about scripture. If we just take it slow, we don't, we could just savor, you know, these, these verses like you had a minute ago with Romans and, and, and then in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live the life. I live in the body. I live by faith in the son of God. I'm going to chew on that verse for the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, yes, I will give you a big, huge yes on that. I have a, however, something that when you start practicing this peace walk, okay. So you're aware you have a choice that there are two voices. You decide I'm going to take that deep breath and wait for a new 
for a new something. I'm going to empty my old stories and recognize that's an old story. I, I'm not going to fall for that again. Okay. I'm going to empty it. But now you, you are free to listen like Mary did at the feet of Jesus. You're free to listen. And so instead of having, instead of sitting down and reading the Bible and having these wonderful verses that make sense, um, gosh, this is without having taught the whole class to you. <laughs> We spend so much time, the ego tries to make God explain himself to our ego. When you've learned how to quiet your ego, you can listen and receive through the power of the Holy Spirit, and you don't have to argue with God's word anymore. It flows. It flows. I, I stand corrected. It does. It, it's not me trying to meet a requirement. It's me just basking and seeing, and it does flow. And you're like, oh, I never saw that before. And it just comes because you've quieted all that stuff that goes, yeah, but well, I, that, you know, well, how am I supposed you've quieted all that and you're just, you're, you're a fine tuned antenna. You're just listening and you're listening all day long and all night long. It, you, you've opened up this huge space within yourself to receive what God is sending all the time, you know, and then your prayer life. Instead of it becoming in your quiet time with God and all those things, those practices, like you're talking about, Peter, instead of it becoming a list of all the problems and all the messed up people and all the difficult situations, your prayer life becomes this time of receiving the answers you've been looking for. It's, it, you can pray without ceasing because you've opened this channel between you and God that's not making him have to explain himself to your ego. You're just ready to receive it's it's a whole different way i i see that it is contemplating and pondering one of my favorite lines from a hymn is ponder anew what the almighty can do from praise ye yeah. the lord the almighty is one of my favorite hymns i love the hymns and and i think that's why i love them because they, they they say these great theological truths in such a way that's easy for me to remember and i i do i do see that where we have to we we Stop striving to make sense of this and just see what he says and let him make sense to us. He he'll make it, he'll make it make sense. I don't have to make it sense. He will reveal it. Yes. And and I think that's what I hear you say. And I and I I I, I stand clarified. <laughs> uh, well, and I've watched it in the people that do these groups. I've just watched it and I I it's it's a gift to me to have all these people in my life who then follow up and write me letters and tell me how God has done things in them, you know, once they've stopped listening to this voice that is what is running the world. Now they're listening through their heart to truth that passes understanding. I mean, that's one big thing about peace is he says my peace, you know, and that it passes understanding. Hello, doesn't need to be filtered through the ego. Just receive it. You know, anybody else saying this, and it would sound a little too simple, but when you understand the context from which Mary says this, this is um, extraordinary because she's doing this after 30 plus years of caregiving through a very, very, very extreme situation with her daughter and, and her mother-in-law. Um, these, the, the context makes the difference and the weight of her words. 
And I want you to check out her website. Go to theheartofthecaregiver.com. Look at her books. Look at her materials that she has. She is taking a wealth of wisdom and insights and um, things she's learned the hard way. In fact, Mary, would it be fair to say you hadn't learned anything the easy way? <laughs> Amen, bro. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen anybody go. I learned that the easy way. You know, <laughs> this is um, it's it's important for us all to listen to people who have fought in these trenches for as long as Mary has. And that's why I love to have her on the program. And we're going to have her on, on a regular basis. I've already committed that. I will tell you why not only does she have great insights, but then she sent me some Southern biscuit stuff. And um, so that that's always good. And I made those biscuits. My father-in-law in the summertime comes down and we have Saturday morning breakfasts where we cover a variety of, of topics and solve the problems of the world. And I served those biscuits one day and uh, he, uh, he went to school to while for a while there in South Carolina. And, uh, but he's a child of the South too. And when he had those biscuits, Mary, he was, he was quite grateful. He, oh. he loved those biscuits. So uh, we, we want to keep that channel. open. speaking of keeping open channels. We want to keep that channel open for all okay. those Southern, because I can't get that stuff out here in Montana. You have no idea what I have to do just to get grits out here. And <laughs> Hey, look at it. Grits. What, what do you mean grits? <laughs> you know, now if I like, can figure out how to get you some fresh shrimp. Well, that, that's going to be a, a, a challenge. Uh, there's nothing like a good old shrimp boil. And um, I, I, I am thinking about making some shrimp and grits. My, I told you my sister for uh was out here and for Christmas brunch, she made a uh, shrimp and grits and. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> As as Jerry Clower would say, it'd make a puppy pull a freight train. <laughs> so, listen, I have enjoyed this time and I appreciate you being here with us. We're going to have you on more. The heart of the caregiver.com, the heart of the caregiver.com. Mary Tuttero, go out and check out her site. Look at what she has to offer. Take advantage of the, the insights that she brings. And Mary, I want you to know how much I appreciate you being a part of the program today. Thank you so much, Peter. You're quite welcome. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. Hopeforthecaregiver.com. We'll see you next time. You've heard me talk about Standing with Hope over the years. This is the prosthetic limb ministry that Gracie envisioned after losing both of her legs. Part of that outreach is our prosthetic limb recycling program. Did you know that prosthetic limbs can be recycled? No kidding. There is a correctional facility in Arizona that helps us recycle prosthetic limbs. And this facility is run by a group out of Nashville called Core Civic. And we met them over 11 years ago. And they stepped in to help us with this recycling program of taking prostheses and you disassemble them. You take the knee, the foot, the pylon, the tube clamps, the adapters, the screws, the liners, the prosthetic socks, all these things we can reuse and inmates help us do it. Before CoreCivic came along, I was sitting on the floor at our house or out in the garage in, when we lived in Nashville, and I had tools everywhere, limbs everywhere, and feet, boxes of them, and so forth. And I was doing all this myself, and I'd make the kids help me. And it got to be too much for me. And so I was very grateful that CoreCivic stepped up and said, look, we are always looking for faith-based programs that are interesting and that give inmates a sense of satisfaction. And we'd love to be a part of this. And that's what they're doing. 
And you can see more about that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. So please help us get the word out that we do recycle prosthetic limbs. We do arms as well, but the majority of amputations are, are lower limb. And that's where the focus of Standing With Hope is. And that's where Gracie's life is with her lower limb prostheses. And she's used some of her own limbs in this outreach uh, that she's recycled. I mean, she's been an amputee for over 30 years. So you go through a lot of legs and parts and other types of materials, and you can reuse prosthetic socks and liners if they're in good shape. All of this helps give the gift that keeps on walking, and it goes to this prison in Arizona where uh, it's such an extraordinary ministry. Think about that. Inmates volunteering for this. They want to do it, and they've had uh, amazing times with it, and I've had very moving conversations with the inmates that work in this program. And you can see, again, all of that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. They're putting together a big shipment right now for us to ship over. We do this pretty regularly throughout the year as inventory rises, and they need it badly in Ghana. So please uh, go out to standingwithhope.com slash recycle and get the word out and help us do more. If you want to offset some of the shipping, you can always go to the giving page and be a part of what we're doing there. We're purchasing material in Ghana that they have to use that can't be recycled. We're shipping over stuff that can be, and we're doing all of this to lift others up and to point them to Christ. And that's the whole purpose of everything that we do, and that is why Gracie and I continue to be Standing with Hope. Standingwithhope.com Take my hand